Welcome to Tubonga Tax, your all-round podcast on taxes. Here we unpack the tax jargon and provide you with information that you need to stay ahead on tax matters. I'm your host, Alan Madoka. Now, today we are talking about the tax waiver process, and we are joined by Nancy Jemutai. Nancy works at the Corporate Taxpayer Account Management Division, which is part of the Domestic Taxes Department, at the Kenya Revenue Authority. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nancy. Thank you, Alan. Now, what is a waiver application? To understand a waiver application, we will need to understand the circumstances that bring about the reason for a taxpayer applying for a waiver application. Mm -hmm. There are due dates that require a taxpayer to file their returns by and also pay their taxes by. So if taxpayers fail to pay their taxes and file their returns by the stipulated due dates, they will incur penalty and interest for failure to do that. Now, a taxpayer can then apply for a waiver of such penalty and uh, interest if they believe they have reasonable cause for the circumstances that led them to be in default. That is what is called a waiver application. Now, Nancy, who should apply for a waiver? Anybody can apply for a waiver as long as they believe they have a valid reason which resulted in them being in default and they can have evidence to satisfy the commissioner for each of the reasons that they provide for them being in default. Now, I'm curious, Nancy, and I'm sure many of our taxpayers who are listening are too, what is the difference between a waiver and a tax amnesty. Okay, thanks Alan for that question. It is definitely a good one. A tax waiver is provided for under the revenue laws. It is always available from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. For areas that arise out of the customs procedures, waiver can be provided for customs warehouse rent under the East African Community Customs Management Regulations, Regulation 85, And for domestic taxes, the waiver can be granted under the Tax Procedures Act, Section 89, Subsection 7. This application uh, will be lodged to the commissioner and the due process will commence. And uh, the waiver can be applied for by the taxpayer, but it is not a guarantee that it will be granted. A tax amnesty, on the other hand, arises from time to time, depending on uh, what uh, situation KRA is requiring to correct in the general public. For example, there was a time we had a problem with our landlords declaring their rental income. And at that time, we had a tax amnesty targeted at landlords. So tax amnesties are usually targeted. They exist for a specific period and they are a concession to bring previously untaxed income into the tax bracket. It uh, provides specific criteria, which if a taxpayer can meet they are guaranteed of a specific waiver, which is different from a, the, the current waiver that we know or is available because you can apply for a waiver, but it is not a guarantee that you will get that waiver. But with a tax amnesty, if you meet the specified conditions, you're guaranteed of the waiver that you're applying for. Eh, I think that one is clear, for sure, for sure. Now we know the difference between a waiver and an amnesty. I think that is one of the two words that people interchange and don't really understand the concept of. Thank you so much for that clarification. Now, Nancy, how does a taxpayer qualify for a waiver? Okay, thank you for that question. 
For a taxpayer to qualify for a waiver, the principal taxes which we are looking at that gave rise to the penalties and interest which are being applied for waiver have to be paid in full. That is condition number one. The second condition is that the overall compliance pattern of the taxpayer will also be looked at. We will examine the records as per our intelligence department, our investigations department. We cross-check the compliance pattern of the taxpayer because we do not want to give defaulters undue advantage over taxpayers who try their level best to comply with the revenue laws. So the compliance record has to be looked at and the principal taxes also have to be paid in full. But over and above that, the reasons that are being advanced by the taxpayer as uh, being the mitigating grounds to be granted waiver will also have to be uh, justified with evidence. How does a taxpayer apply for a waiver? For arrears that arise in the ITAX system, the waiver application has to be lodged in ITAX. These are assessments that arose after the year 2015 and have been uh, uploaded in the ITAX system. For any other arrears that exist outside the ITAX system, that is for domestic taxes, the amounts that exist outside of ITAX before the year 2015, and for customs uh, taxes that are manual, those ones are applied for manually. So for ITAX applications, the taxpayer will log into their ITAX profile and lodge their application themselves. For manual applications, the taxpayer will have to write their request and deliver it to their tax service office, which is where the process will commence. But for each of the applications, the uh, supporting evidence for the mitigating grounds have to be attached. Speaking of attachments, Nancy, what evidence should be attached to the waiver application? That's a very good question, and it is important to have this as clear as possible. As we had mentioned before, a waiver is granted based, based on the reasons that the taxpayer has advanced for being the reason why they believe they deserve to get a waiver. So each case will depend on the reasons that have been put forward. For example, if the taxpayer is saying that the reason why they did not meet their obligation is because the law was not clear, they will have to explain which law that was they relied upon, why it was unclear. They will have to demonstrate if, for example, they had to go through a, an appeals process or a tax appeals tribunal or the court process to have that clarified. If it is a voluntary disclosure where they went through their books and they realized they had underdeclared, they will have to also give evidence to show that it was their own initiative to declare their taxes. If it is an issue of cash flow, they're saying that they were not able to meet their taxes because of uh, cash flow reasons, they will have to prove to the commissioner that indeed they were having those cash flow problems. It is upon the taxpayer to give the evidence that support each of the reasons that they are giving. Without that, then it is just a story that we cannot believe. Wow. So evidence is is all. If you don't have your evidence, then your waiver application may not be accepted. Thank you very much for that, Nancy. Now, what is the treatment of erroneous penalty and interest on ITAX arising out of a wrong obligation? Thank you, Alan, for that question. We have cases where taxpayers have been... Uh, assigned wrong obligations and they have carried on with their lives not knowing that they had this obligation with KRA, which required them to be complying with the requirements such as filing their monthly returns. In such a case, the person will have to uh, prove to KRA that this obligation was assigned to them erroneously. 
an example of such a case is a, a student who applied for a PIN for the purpose of getting a loan with a higher education loans board. Sometimes when uh, this student gets the PIN from the cyber cafe, for example, they can be assigned a pay-as-you-want obligation. And remember, this is an 18-year-old who does not have a company and is definitely not having employees. And uh, after several years, this person comes to carry for a tax compliance certificate, and then they are told that they have penalties from pay-as-you-want. They will have to prove to us that uh, they were students at that time, which is quite easy with their student records. And uh, when we receive such an application, the debt officer in uh, the tax service office that uh, this person has visited will examine the evidence that ha have been availed and upload the application through a back office operation and uh, initiate the process of, first of all, removing any of the penalties that have been imposed on the person for not having filed the returns and thereafter removing the wrong obligation so that the person does not incur any other penalties after that. Thank you very much for that, Nancy. I think that is one of the biggest issues that we face uh, here from speaking to some of my colleagues at the contact center, as well as seeing this online. Students register for, you know, uh, for a PIN, and then they're given all these obligations that they don't understand. And, you know, it, it ends up being quite a, quite a big problem for them. So thank you so much for clarifying what to do in the case of that. And, you know, maybe to our fellow taxpayers and our dear taxpayers, um, when you're applying for a PIN, please make sure that you do put the right obligations under under your application. Now, how does one follow up to know the status of their application? Thank you, Alan. For ITAX applications, the applicant will have to note the task number that has been assigned to their application. And the first contact point is our, con our call center. You will call our call center and uh, reach out to them either through the phone numbers or our social media pages and notify them of the uh, task number. They will use that to follow up and update you on the status of your application. You can also visit our tax service offices if you know them with your uh, task number because that is the only way we can identify your application from the pool of the applications that we have. For manual applications, we advise our taxpayers to always ensure that they bring a copy, which will be at the point of uh, delivering their application. They should have their own copy, which is stamped to confirm receipt by ourselves. And that is the copy that they will always use to follow up. So you can always follow up through our contact uh, center or the different tax service offices if you know them. Okay, awesome. Now that's how one can know the status of the application. Now, finally, how does one know whether the waiver application is either declined or granted? For the ITAX application, the entire process is automated. At the very end of the approval stage, the taxpayer will get a notification in their email notifying them of the outcome of their application, whether it was a full grant or a partial grant. If it was a partial grant, they will be notified of the amount that requires payment and they should proceed to make payment. Uh, for manual applications, they will be notified in writing uh, through their postal address and also through a scanned copy sent to their email addresses. In the same manner, they will be notified of what amount has been granted. And if it is a partial waiver grant, we expect the taxpayer to pay the unwaived amount and the time limit within which to pay is also specified. 
and by law, any penalties and interest that have been imposed on a taxpayer is also considered tax. So any amount that has not been waived should be taken seriously and paid up by a taxpayer. I think you've really clarified a lot, a lot, a lot for us. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nancy. You're most welcome, Alan. All right. That was Nancy Jemutai from the Corporate Taxpayer Account Management Division, which is part of the Domestic Taxes Department of the Kenya Revenue Authority. Thank you so much for listening to Tubonga Tax. Did you know that you can use iWhistle to report any tax fraud, bribery, tax evasion, abuse of office, and other tax-related offenses? Well, it's simple. Just log on to iwhistle.kra.go.ke forward slash welcome and report on KRA iWhistle. For more information, visit the KRA website on www.kra.go.ke. Until next time, I've been your host, Alan Madoka. Bye.